Masterminds. This is episode 26. We have made it half a year into our reboot comeback special. Mr. Benny Rose has been with us nearly every episode. I have been here every single week. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, we're here. We're back. Our last episode, the soundtracks of the 80s score slash soundtracks was a seems like a big hit. A lot of people liked it. I'm glad it it, uh, recorded as intended. You know, we were worried that the the songs and stuff wouldn't be in the background and uh, they did end up in the background and you could actually hear them good. It didn't drown us out on what we were saying on the mic. So that was good. And maybe it's something that we can try again in another aspect in the future maybe 90s tv shows who knows 2000s uh, themes i i don't know but it was it seems like it was well received and it's something cool that we could try in the future awesome. Benny was very talkative hey, tonight hey, you're on a roll i'm letting you speak <laughs> get it all out let it out let me know how you really feel <laughs> oh, uh yeah so that, that's that's it that's all i really have to say I, we're, we're on a roll here we're getting ready for a worst episode part two and we're gonna do our normal uh show which would include the news uh benny's thorn prick what we're watching and then i think we'll do we're gonna continue rick and morty season five episode six and seven and we both watched uh, James Gunn's version of The Suicide Squad. So we'll do some discussion on that with some some spoilers. Uh, so that'll be at the end of the show. If you've watched it already, give a listen to those things. Uh, there's not a whole lot to spoil in the movie. It's not really connected on in the if there even is an, exist, uh, an expanded DC universe anymore. But we'll go into it and, uh, and give our thoughts. But the first bit of news uh, something now it's a little bit dated but it 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 has dropped since we have last uh talked news and that is scarlett johansson is suing disney uh over the release of black widow on digital and this is already becoming a ugly fight between the two sides and disney has you know said that she's basically insensitive for during covid and her 20 million dollar salary and streaming might help her and uh johansson's representation is uh not happy with disney's what they had said about her their client and so forth and where where does this even end is, is this 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 is not going to be good for either side I, I feel like at this point 
And this is just the beginning, I think. I think it's going to stem, you know, to other actors, actresses that have the same vibes, same feelings. You know, this the streaming platform is something we've discussed all too often on the on the show. And we've talked about, you know, how the money just doesn't equate the same to obviously the box office money. It affects the theaters. It affects a lot of other people. So it's a really tough situation because, you know, you can look at it, you know, from one side of the spectrum and look at it as uh, she's greedy. She just wants more money. You know, $20 million is not enough, you know? Right. I think that was part of the reason why they threw, they threw out her salary. Right. Disney threw out their, threw out her salary, which is kind of unheard of for a studio to, to do about an actor or actress. Agreed. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's that industry. It's that, that's, that's the pay grade, you know, that you get in that type of stuff. So it's expected, it's the norm, but you don't hear about the back end pay and the royalties and the stuff like that. So, you know, the, there's always deals like that. And, right. you know, if this was Robert Downey, you know, the, and the conversation was the exact same way, I think it would be getting approached a completely different way, you know, and, you know, she's one of the original members of the Avengers. So she has been around um, for most of the MCU's life. And, uh, you know, the fact that she got her movie such so late in the game and obviously it was met with so much quote unquote controversy by being delayed. And, you know, I feel like it was talked about being delayed even before the pandemic. So I think this was this was happening and stewing for so long. And now that it's out, it's about numbers are out there. She's not seeing what she was maybe told she was going to see. And, you know, at the end of the day, look, uh, I can't have an opinion on that because I don't make $20 million a movie. I make $20 million a movie. I won't do another movie. I'll, I'll live the rest <laughs> of my life as is. Uh, you know? Yeah, but, I think that's yeah. the problem is uh, fans and even, you know, journalists and pundits or whatever, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're conversing and picking sides between a billion billions and billions of dollar corporation and a multi 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 millionaire actress so we don't know what either side is really like because we don't live that lifestyle and we don't have that kind of money so you know to 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 i i see both sides of it uh i do think where these actors are wrong and not just her is these actors are all want these movies released theatrically. And I know that's how their contracts were worded. So on one hand, the, the studio should go back and retroactively change the contracts. I, I agree with that. They should. But to say that the studio should wait to put out these movies is crazy because some of these movies cost the studio a hundred plus million dollars. And that's way more than the salary of that actor or actresses. And you're going to tell me that I should wait on my movie to get any revenue back that I laid out all this money for. So you can make a potential couple million more. You're not making a hundred million more, you know, they need to right. make return on investment. And without that return on investment, they're not going to make more movies. If the studios can't bring in the money, they're not going to continue to produce. That's how it works. Right. So eventually the movie needed to come out. They waited over a year for it to come out. And I understand the release strategy of putting it on Disney plus is her main 
point. And, and I'm sure they try to work out a deal and we don't, won't know. And maybe we'll never know what the deal was that she turned down or what Disney offered her that she wasn't happy with. But I'm sure they tried to work on a deal because The Rock and Emily Blunt were out there promoting Jungle Cruise like crazy. And that was released on, on Disney Plus and uh, theatrical at the same time. And you don't hear anything about any repercussions from that. That could also be that both of those actors and actresses want to continue to work for the studio. And maybe Scarlett Johansson doesn't care because it seems like she's burning her bridge by doing this. She's basically closing herself out to Disney and 20th Century Fox because Disney owns Fox. Right. But I, I don't know. I really... It's, it's a tough spot. I think Disney should have renegotiated the deals, and I'm sure they have with some people, and I'm sure HBO Max has because that kind of died out where uh, directors and actors were pissed off that HBO Max was putting out movies day and date on, uh, you know, there. Uh, and that's kind of died out since it was first announced, and we just saw the Suicide Squad put up, and James Gunn promoted it, and the actors and actresses promoted it. I mean, they still prefer you go to the theater, but they have to be getting some sort of revenue separately. Agreed. I mean, the other thing, too, to think about is, you know, how Marvel handles or Disney handles the next set of movies, which, as we've discussed, there's been no talks about Shang-Chi being on Disney right. premiere. Um, Spider-Man, you know, like, so she can definitely... I feel like she somewhat has like a, a justified case for the sense of you have a slew of movies that you've delayed Eternals as well. And yeah. I don't see any talk of any of these movies going to, digi- to digital. I mean, obviously right. that could change after the, after the you know recording of this, but as of right now, there's been no discussion that we're aware of. So, right. you know, well, it's, a couple yeah. things. I think that the, I think the actors, maybe for those movies that have already had their contracts renegotiated. If they haven't, I think all the future movies we're talking next year have had to have something reworked in their deals, you know, for potential Disney plus options. Uh, also you think, I, I don't think Shang-Chi is going to do even as well as black widow did in the theater. Like black widow did what? 60 million somewhere around there in the movie theater opening weekend with Disney plus as an option. I don't think Shang-Chi is going to break 60 million without Disney plus anyway. I mean, what do you think? It's tough. I think that the, the fact that it's different and the fact that it's really the next movie in the phase might, might entice people more than black widow because black Widow was like, it's a movie we've been waiting for, but do we need to see it? Does it answer any questions? And I feel that, most people felt that it was just a filler movie. Yeah. Know, especially the fact that the character was, was killed, you know? Right. So, so do you, it, so if that's the case, do you really feel like if Disney plus didn't put it on, would that, would it have made that much more theatrically that she has a leg to stand on? Like, well, how much more would have it made theatrically that she could have got a cut revenue wise? I don't think it would have been substantially more. And right. I think it actually, that's, that's I agree with being that. less because she wouldn't have gotten any of the digit the digital money which we don't know completely agree right so well uh what i was going to say with shang chi and shang chi's uh, just over a month away right or just about a month actually and we're seeing this uh you know this variant strain 
not Loki variant, but was seeing this variant strain that's picking up steam. It seems like it's uh, according to the media, it's doing bigger numbers again, and we're, we're getting higher cases again, like we did last year. And I don't think theaters will close. I think everything's going to remain open, but I think may, less people are going to go out. And I don't know for certain, but I know New York city is doing a policy where uh, bars lounges and it's stated as theaters require vaccination is theater considered just a broadway show or that's considered a movie theater also i feel like it's indoors so i think it's definitely going to stem to that point even if it's not initially so if disney puts the movie out then are they is one of these people going to come out and say well you didn't hold on to the movie and now look at this we need vaccination cards to get into the movie theater people aren't going to go well i'm going to sue you again for that like i mean there, there has to be a point that well, that's why I was saying I think this is just the beginning, I hate to say, because since yeah. since the country doesn't know what's going on, because that's the reality here without deep diving into any of that, you know, we're just in a scenario where everything is as it's coming. It's literally day by day at this point. Yeah. And, you know, with movies like that, it's 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 a tough scenario because, yeah, we're, you know, we have a, a higher vaccination rate percentage wise. Right. But there's still a large chunk of people that are not. And you have to consider the fact that you have fans on both sides, you know, right. as, as a business. And, you know, if you're going to alienate, because that's uh, essentially, that's what you end up doing by only having that option, knowing those restrictions are in place. Keep in yeah. mind, we're only but, speaking New York right now because we don't know where right. else. That's well, California be. also, I believe. But but that's not the studios alienating. That's no, no, the right. city. It, right. The city the person lives in deciding. And then again, you could also say, well, drive to new jersey or or you know connecticut or or pennsylvania or somewhere that doesn't have those restrictions but it seems like a lot of work to go through to to buy a movie ticket right yeah so i think we're yeah i don't know where we're gonna go with this i think digital is really is really gonna end up getting pushed and i if shang chi doesn't perform which i think it's gonna be difficult for it to perform uh we may see eternals flip back onto digital that's just my opinion if they don't go that route with shang chi maybe they do for eternals but then again maybe the casting of eternals with angelina jolie salma hayek you know some of those big profile actors and maybe not wanting the same situation like with scarlett johansson like you said they'll just throw it out there and bury it i guess i don't know i I, it's crazy to say that for a marvel movie but I i just don't see it i don't see we'll see what the suicide squad numbers are this recording will be out uh, by the time the numbers are out, we won't have a chance to discuss them. We'll have to do it on another show, but I still don't expect it to be crazy. I would, I would say probably less than Black Widow, also. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know right now, from just opening night, it was four million, and you know that's it broke a pandemic record, which doesn't mean much, but for it's the highest right. uh, R-rated movie, you know, in the theater. So. I definitely think that that's going to bring in money. I think the fact that there's been a lot of hype for that, it's different. You know, it, we're, we're definitely comparing two different types of movies. You know, yes, there's superhero yeah. movies, but, you know, the fact that James Gunn is attached to it is a big draw for a lot of the fans. So, you know, you can't compare think, it to a movie that we know very little about, you know, and speaking for Shang-Chi. Well, I think the, I think the pessimistic side of it that, uh, the DC universe has kind of turned people off by them not pick, picking what they like a path to go down. 
uh, it's rated R. And is there really a main character that people are drawn to besides Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey didn't do well? And that was pre-pandemic. Right. So that's my hesitation with that. But now people are also gravitating to new characters that, you know, from this movie that essentially, you know, are being introduced to new new fans, essentially. Right, know? right, right. No, no, I get I get that. And and we're going to talk about the movie later. And I enjoyed the movie very much. So there's not not burying the lead. I just think I don't know how marketable it is based on what DC has done right. lately. No, I agree. I agree. I think James Gunn is the saving grace right now. Yes. And his right. history. That's it. All cool. right. So let's move on. Let's move on to the next bit of a uh, little, little date, a little date action. No, we got a little date. Who's got a little date? You got a little date? I got a little date. Go on date together. That date's going to be November 24th. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We finally have a release date for Hawkeye coming to Disney Plus. November twenty fourth, and we got a picture. A picture. A good goddamn picture of uh for a show Hulk. that nobody wants. Yep. Good old Clinton Barton <laughs> and Kate Bishop, who a lot of people keep see, seem to keep thinking is his daughter. Good times. Um not a fan. Uh, obviously, we'll, we'll be connecting dots to potential Black Widow stuff, but uh, right, yeah, I mean, that hopefully I, I, Matt Murdock too, and then maybe I think it takes that, place in New York. That could be awesome, but uh, that would be nice. Not, not going to get my hopes up. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately, and, the fact that, and and I think that means that most likely Ms. Marvel is going to be next year at this point. Yeah, Which, I think that's all but confirmed. Yeah. So. That's really it for that. Um, there's something I can mention briefly uh, that we didn't write down, but obviously we're getting closer to what if coming uh, next week. Yes, We've, which uh, we will be discussing. Which uh, we found that is nine episodes. Um, the first the, season. The first season it's already yeah. confirmed for two seasons. Right, nine episodes each. Correct, due to the pandemic. I, I, no, no, I believe the I second believe. season is either ten or eleven because they said an episode was cut. Okay. due to covid from the first season so we'll see if they actually live up to that by the time season two comes out okay so obviously they're they're confident in a show that has not even aired yet you know we have a show like loki that we did not find out about a season two until the last episode uh after credits so we've discussed it you know we won't go into into much detail but obviously you know you and i have our we're a little skeptical on it. We don't know what to really think of it. We don't know where they're going with it, canon-wise, stuff like that. But um, I'm eager to kind of get back into the Marvel, you know, mojo feeling again of, you know, listen, watching an episode, talking about it. But uh, I got to say, I'm really excited for uh, Vampire Hunter Spider-Man. I think that's really cool. And I uh, I read a brief Isn't he Zombie Hunter? Zombie Hunter. What did I say? Vampire Hunter? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Blade. Blade's a Blade. Vampire Hunter. You're right. Thanks. I, I didn't tell the difference. You know, I screw these things up. Come on. I can't be trusted. So, uh, so I leave you. I'm assuming that. Tom Holland is the voice also. I, I have not, I've not heard that confirmation. I know most, yeah. most of the cast has returned for their roles. Right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it a little more than I was, especially like you said, the well, the well has dried up for a little bit. It's going to be rough when they don't have things coming out every so once what if is done, then we have to wait for Hawkeye. But we have hopefully some movies in between, and hopefully right. we'll be able to watch them as we've mentioned. Right. 
cool. And the last bit of news was dropped just uh, day before day before we're recording. Uh, Trey and Matt from South Park have struck a huge deal, huge with Viacom. Uh, they are doing six more seasons, I believe, of the of the show, and then fourteen one four films for Paramount Plus, which is the digital service. Fourteen. The deal is worth almost a billion dollars. It's nine hundred million dollars. We'll have to see what kind of back end that they get on it if people watch the stuff. But uh, fourteen. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I don't. I, I'm thinking that when they say 14 films, it means more like specials, right? Like the COVID thing. And, you know, like I don't expect like full length film, maybe a couple, but not 14 of them. Right. Right. Especially and, if they're, if they're going to be based in the South Park lore. How far yeah. can you go with that? Well, that's what I was. That's what I was talking with Julie about this earlier. And I was like, you know, some of these are going to be like a butter story. Right. Or like a Randy story. And, you know, like the, maybe the kids are just like background characters or something because there's no way they can get legs out of 14 things with the same main cast like they have to be other stories inside stuff right. to build out the universe more in the lore and stuff like you said right and it's crazy that we're exploring that so so far in its in its existence right yeah, right it's, it's insane you know 20 plus years show yeah well it'll be over 30 with the the season extensions that they've gotten now right Um, i don't know i don't know where they come up with the ideas for 14 things and that how long that's going to take for them to make but they had to go to them with a a concept or something right or they said you could do whatever the hell you want here's the number (laughs) to make it happen right and you know the fact that people usually give them the keys to the castle anyway so the trust the trust is there for the most part i mean for me I'm calling it out right now. They need to revisit Orgasmo. Animated, I don't give a crap. Like, it needs to happen. <laughs> I'll even take Cannibal the Music. Cannibal the Musical. If you will, uh, baby. Let me tell you something. We went down and got to the buffet, baby. You got to drink that thick cup. Thick cup. Oh, yeah. I got that Ultimate Warrior thick cup right here, baby. You can put juice in it, whatever you want. <laughs> yes, Orgasmo, please. We. We got, you know, the Book of Mormon and, you know, for anybody that's ever watched Orgasmo, the concept is there, you know, so I am a diehard Orgasmo fan for those that don't know. And I have been a fan of these creators since the beginning and obviously even before South Park, like I said, because uh, being a trauma guy, I always loved Cannibal the Musical as cheesy as it was. Uh, baseball, another great movie. Team America is as they've team. Team America is one of my. It's a, of another, the, of those three, four. Right. I never seen Cannibal the Musical, but it's uh, bad. It's bad. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's overly campy, but it's also it was like an early early project that they did. Team America doesn't hold up as well. I feel just because they used puppets. Yeah. If they went animated with it, it would be it would be a good spin on it, like a reboot or a reimagining almost. But m- many of the jokes are that they're puppets, so they'd right. have to re- kind of rework them. But but I think that their their concept for that was based off the Thunderbirds. So I mean, right, it would take away from their their idea. Yeah, but they, the music and stuff in it is good. Of course, you know? I mean they're they're great writers and composers. So I mean, look, montage, how many songs, how many even Rocky had a montage. <laughs> Think about think about the South Park, you know, you had all the shows and 
yeah, you didn't have songs in every single episode, but you know, right. you think back to like season eight for me, like you know, when they're the ninja, the the samurai warrior ninjas, you know, and they have the weapons and they have that song, Kikasu, protect my balls. <laughs> it's just like so clever, but they've been at it for so long with that. Right. So, Christmas I'll, I'll... time is once a year. <laughs> uh I I look forward to seeing what, what comes of that. So awesome. Yeah. I'm ready for more episodes like those COVID specials weren't enough for me. And like get yeah. to fucking get to work. Rick and Morty's pumping out episodes. You guys can pump them out. We need it. Yeah. Do your yeah. duty and, and mock the media. And mock everything else that's going on in this country. Well, let's not forget what they do on a uh, on social media on Facebook. Remember what they're doing with the deep fakes? Yes, <laughs> that was great. They should have continued that too. I forgot what it was called, but it was it was it was hilarious. It was really good stuff. <laughs> yeah, agreed. So the last thing we're gonna do, we'll just go real quick. We're not gonna go through each of them. We saw some trailers uh since we last recorded. We saw an, a new trailer for Venom 2. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, full trailer and then a, a Chucky trailer for the uh, TV show, which will be launching on USA and Sci-Fi very soon. Uh, what did you think? Just real quick, rapid, almost rapid fire thoughts on any of these. I mean, dude, what year is it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the fact that we're getting Ghostbusters and Chucky, like I'm, I'm ecstatic. Uh, like really, it just comes down to. Ghostbusters is what a delay, another movie that was delayed about a year. It was supposed to come out last year, right? right? Yep. Um, really More than excited. a year. It was supposed to come out last July. There you go. So I mean, I know you know all the toys were all made already. So like we've seen that stuff in the past for a while, but um, I think that it's going to be good. You know, I got little chills when I was watching it. And, uh, you know, the fact that, yeah, we didn't really see any of the older cast other than maybe hints of one and definitely, you know, one other person, they're going to be there. So that's really, really exciting. Chucky, I'm sold. It is the, the character design is Child's Play to Chucky. And I watched a little bit of the, there was a trailer mixed with like some behind the scenes. Um, I don't know if that's the same trailer you're speaking of. But they, you know, do a little bit of dialogue about the lore, and he talked about how important it was him for him to go back to revisit the movie that people rem- reminisce him with the most, Child's Play Two, and the fact that that's where they're connecting it back. Like for me, I'm sold, and the fact that we're gonna have Alex Vincent back, we're gonna have a lot of the other characters from some of the previous movies. So consider me overly hyped. <laughs> and Venom's awesome. Oh, there's a red one. <laughs> like, it's funny. It's humorous. I love my Venom, but, you know, I still don't care for his look. I'll, I'll deal with it. I think it works for what Sony's doing. Um, yeah. Hopefully one day we'll get Spider-Man, but I'm okay with where they're going with it. The new trailer showed a little more. I do like the, what they're doing with, with Cletus, how he is essentially one with Carnage, and he's, it's not just a symbiote which is really from the comics. So seeing that transformation of like his face, like literally morphing into carnage, I thought that was awesome. So we're really stoked for that too. So three great trailers. Thumbs up. I'll say the Venom 2 trailer uh, does make the movie look more uh, appetizing to me, I guess I would say. Ghostbusters looks great. 
really really good really uh really anticipating it i know and everyone should know by watching it you're gonna get like a stranger things ghostbusters movie because again kids taking over and this and that's not gonna be uh like our ghostbusters that we grew up with but it also won't be like the all-female cast led one which was not very good regardless of it being a female cast the chucky uh there was a full trailer i believe i haven't watched it so that's why i you know i played i played the benny role with that i didn't watch the trailer for it i watched the the shorter (laughs) trailer that they dropped that was like less than a minute and that's all i need that's all i needed i'm in i don't need to see anything else when it comes i will watch i mean that's the that's really an ultimate glowing review for anything. If it, it looks looks like what I expected, it's not the Mark Hamill, my buddy, uh, Chucky that we got, and and not that's all face. I needed to see. To, to I don't watch. We don't need shit face in our lives anymore, please. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. I mean, the only thing I want to say real quick is Venom and Ghostbusters is both Sony, and Sony has been very adamant that they are doing theater only. So we we'll see how that plays out. If both of these movies come out this year, uh, Venom's supposed to be the end of September. Ghostbusters supposed to be November, and we'll see. Uh, along with Spider Man, no way, no way to a trailer, which uh, still has not dropped anything, and that's December. So unless Sony's just playing hardball and they want to strike a deal with somebody to put these movies on their service or or something, I mean. Well, if the theaters are struggling, put them up on iTunes or Voodoo or something for 30 bucks or, you know, get get your money somehow. I, I just don't I don't know what they're going to do. We'll see. Hopefully things get better. I still am pessimistic, but that's it for trailers, news, uh, the mainstays of this. And we're going to go into the thorn prick, as I like to call it for Mr. Rose. I don't know if he is prepared with one. Yeah. I am prepared for one. Uh, obviously, we've changed the format over the shows, and the show has evolved, de-evolved, gone off the rails, never know what the fuck we're doing. We mix and match. But uh, today, I'm going to bring up a movie that I really enjoyed. Um, i actually pretty sure that I had asked you to watch it at a point, and you did watch it. I don't remember your opinion on it. But um, this movie came out in 2018. Um, it's from a trio of directors um, that actually directed one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years or so. Um, this movie is called Summer of 84. Do you recall? Yes. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, just thinking back at like, you know, I'm always kind of bringing up my my goofy, you know, lovey feely movies that not everybody's gonna like but then i thought back and i'm like you know summer of 84 is a movie i feel that a lot of people that appreciate horror because you know we talk about a lot of the same kind of themes on the show we do a lot of superhero sci-fi and horror you know you and i are definitely our we love our horror so um it was a really nice surprise of a movie and obviously i was enticed by this movie simply by the fact that the director's um, did the movie Turbo Kid, which you know I love. Um, and the, the musicians, uh, Lamatos, did the score for Turbo Kid as well as Summary of 84. So I was, again, sold on that because I love that, that's, that soundtrack. So, you know, not, without deep diving into what the movie's about, it's, it's, it's kind of like a Stranger Things essence right. of being 
in yeah. the eighties, eighty four. Uh, several the following kids. kids. Yep. Right. But we're not dealing with anything supernatural. That's like the biggest thing here. It's more of a traditional eighties kind of slasher in a sense. So we have uh, somebody in the town that one of the kids thinks is doing some murderous stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Disturbia. Yeah, or, that's, uh, that's a good or the point. Hitchcock movie uh, was uh, Re- uh, Rear Window, something like that. I don't remember what, what the title was. Well, yeah, same kind of vibe. You know, it has its own feel. The music is driving for it. It's it's got kind of like that mix of the electronica, you know, 80s vibe with a little bit more of that John Carpenter, you know, suspense feel. But um, yeah, it's it's for me, the best part of the movie, if you remember, was the twist without talking about it. Like, I did not. Yeah, I don't. See it. I, OK, I don't recall it now. I I, yeah. it, I haven't watched the movie since you recommended it. And I did enjoy it. I'm not I'm not sliding the movie. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to go back to it, but. Yeah, I remember it, it, the acting not being all that great, but it was still a good movie. Like you said, yeah, uh, atmosphere, an, 80s, right. you know, and and score and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's an indie film. You know, like I said, the uh, the trio of directors, they they did the other movie together as well. And, you know, Turbo Kid, I feel looks really good for considering the budget, because obviously I've seen movies with bigger budgets that look like pure doo doo. Like and they say that they're doing it on purpose. There's a lot yeah. of practical. There's a lot of practical effects, and that's another thing that kind of pays homage to what we love. We talk about it in the shows in the past. We like the the realistic looking gore versus a lot of the computer generated stuff that's out there nowadays. But uh, yeah, it's a movie I wanted to bring up that I haven't spoken about in a while, and it makes me want to go back and and watch it again because I really I probably haven't watched it. Uh, maybe a six seven months after it came out, I haven't watched it since then. So might be a good revisit but again the twist at the end is awesome it's one of those movies i feel like you might feel like you're guessing and then it just it throws you off you know it's it's a very unique movie uh despite the concept being something that's been done before all right that's uh summer of 84 it's one of your better picks in the, the show (laughs) <laughs> well, let's move on to what we're watching because we have a bunch of spoiler filled stuff that's still discussed and i have a decent amount of stuff that i've been watching i think you've watched mo- most of if not all of the things that i have and last time we did this i didn't have much to talk about so this time i have a bunch so a new season of movies that made us dropped which is the second season of that netflix show and this season they discussed jurassic park uh forrest gump Pretty Woman, Pretty Woman, and Back to the Future, the first Back to the Future movie. You watched this also? I watched two of them. I watched uh, Jurassic Park and Forrest Gump. Oh wow! You don't? Oh, you're not as big a Back to the Future fan, right? I, I just didn't. I just didn't get to it yet. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I watched all of them. The Pretty Woman one was kind of in the background, and Julie was watching it while I was kind of on my phone and doing other things. So I can't say that I really paid attention to it. But these guys. They, they do good work like we discussed last show you know uh brian brian volk or something like that the guy brian is right? Weiss. yeah right he's involved with this and then on another show that i'm going to talk about uh i really enjoyed all of them the forrest gump one's good uh 
the weird thing, the Forrest Gump and, and, and the Back to the Future are both directed by, the movie is directed by uh, Robert Zemeckis, and they couldn't get him to do an interview for it, which I thought was kind of weird. Uh, a lot of the stuff isn't, like, really all that new information. There was probably little bits there. I think the Jurassic Park one probably had more new things that I didn't know before, right. like Spielberg making the dinosaur noises in the background and they had a shot of it also i thought that was awesome and having sam neil you know talk about you know like working on it and his his accent and change you know like right. i thought that was so, cool so stuff adjusting. right yeah what did you think it. no i liked it too i like when they talk about you know when they're trying to convince him for the de- designs of the dinosaurs and you know, their goal is to like get him hyped up and, you know, make sure that he's like in love with it and really wants to explore it. And obviously seeing some of that older content is cool. And yeah, I mean, I like, right. I don't want to, I don't, yeah. that we're not talking full on spoilers, but it's a documentary again. And uh, the, the, the talking about the CGI and how it was going to be stop motion. That's it was really some really cool stuff. And we might be looking at a very different movie had they stuck with just the stop motion and not, use the cgi that they did agreed i mean it, that technology everything between the visuals and the sounds with the thx it was all ahead of its time you yeah know, to, the, to this day i remember going in the theaters and just waiting for your theater and feeling the theater next yeah. to you you knew they were watching jurassic park like right it's, cra- it's crazy but yeah yeah no, i remember going to the theater as a kid like when if we'd sit close to the wall like what did they what, what they got listening to in that theater and you'd hear yeah. that. Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Really awesome. I really so liked the, sec- the four. I was going to say the Forrest Gump one. That was, yeah, and I was just going to say I loved kind of getting revisited to some stuff that I, yeah. like you said, that I've seen before behind the scenes because it's another movie I love. And I rem- I forgot how they did a lot of the Lieutenant Dan stuff. And it was right. really cool to kind of see that. And, yes. You know, and again, I agree with you. Really, really ahead of its time, you know? Right. With the stuff with the boat where they you know wanted to make sure his legs didn't look like they were moving and they had to basically cgi start the side of the boat that had a hole in it so he can move his legs around right you know and i thought that was cool and and that they had gary sinise in there to interview and talk yeah. and and you know he's become like an icon to veterans now which is pretty cool you know how he represented a wounded veteran and i think that's pretty cool fam agreed uh, next one is a disney plus show by the same creator the rock is also a producer on this uh and his his production studio so that may help you in why he's not suing disney as we discussed earlier is behind the attraction and as i've mentioned previously on the show i'm a huge uh disney parks fan and i've been to uh nearly all the disney parks in the world i'm just missing paris uh this is this was cool it, it, again it didn't have a whole lot of information that i didn't know but a casual fan probably it probably has a lot of stuff that a casual fan didn't know <laughs> as Benny raises his hand and I watched the full run of this also now let's see if I can re- remember them all there was Jungle Cruise Haunted Mansion Tower of Terror Space Mountain and Star Tours those were the five and they give you perspective as how the rides were created uh, some of their different incarnations throughout the world which is really cool, I thought, in the Space Mountain version, because I haven't been to Paris, and they have a, a Jules Verne-inspired uh, Space Mountain there, and they give you 
a full run through, you know, Jungle Cruise, you get to see what it was like when Walt was building it in Disneyland because that ride is that old and you get to see the pieces and what the Imagineers and everyone who decided to develop it. You know, I thought it was cool that Tower of Terror was originally uh, conceptualized as being a partial hotel. I don't know how that would have worked out with people screaming. And that's why I probably went away real quick. But, right. you know, it's pretty cool to think of. And the fact that he he wanted it to be scary. Like that was yeah. really, but like the idea of it being scary didn't fit obviously the motif of what he was designing. So yeah, it, for me, like I like getting educated on stuff like that. Like I'm a fan like you are of the Disney parks. My knowledge is nowhere near yours. And I just, it gives me that extra appreciation and it gets me more excited to go back to these parks. Cause you know, when you're there, you're a kid and you reminisce on so much and we've talked about the fact that like, I've never done jungle cruise and it makes me want to do it now. You know, it's, I'm, I'm shocked that it's a ride that I missed out on all these years, you know, and now obviously the popularity is, I'm sure the ride's going to be overly busy, you know, going forward, but yeah, you know, it's, it's cool to see how much work goes into the concept to the design to the final you know, piece of the puzzle and then getting it to actually, you know, work properly in the park. Right. How they transplanted all those trees and all the things that were involved. It's, 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 there, it's definitely a worthwhile watch. There's five episodes on Disney plus currently. Uh, and I believe there will be five more. I don't know when they're dropping uh, we'll, that, that will be the first season, hopefully of that show. Uh, hopefully they do a little bit more, maybe Epcot, and uh, maybe do previous attractions that are gone and their transition to becoming the new attractions that they are now would be cool if they, you know, the well sort sort of dries up on things to choose, pick and choose from. Uh, but the next two things, uh, I think you, you might have a little bit more to talk about because uh, I watched He-Man Revelation, which you mentioned, I believe, on our last uh, show. Correct. And Transformers Kingdom, I still have not finished. And as a huge Transformers fan, that shows you where I'm probably at with the show. I'm half there's six episodes and I'm halfway through it. I'll probably uh, at this by the, by the time we do a, our next show, I'm, I'm sure I will be finished with it. But well, literally uh, He-Man, he, <laughs> that's true. Also, He-Man, uh, I thought was done really well. And I, I am not a fan of the I'm not a fan. I'm just a, a I've never really dug into He-Man as a cartoon, the lore, anything. I did have some hand-me-down toys from an older cousin when I was growing up, but it's kind of before me and Transformers was what I was raised on. So I don't get the, you know, people throwing a stink about the show and I enjoyed the show for what it was. I thought the animation was awesome, whereas the Transformer animation is the complete opposite. It's not nearly as good or pretty. Uh, The voice acting is really good. Transformers, the voice acting is not really good. So these are very polar opposites. And this has me wishing that they would do Hasbro would spend the money or hire the correct studio to do our next Transformer show because Kingdom is the end of the trilogy for Netflix. And uh, hopefully Revelation is the start of of their Netflix run it with this He-Man show. And they were really at opposite ends. And and I know that a lot of the, the big fans aren't crazy about this He-Man show. And I don't want to spoil anything because I think a lot happens in it. Uh, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Like I said, I have no attachment to any of the characters. And uh, Transformers Kingdom, 
all I'll say is the Megatron uh, Beast Wars voice is horrible. And I still can't get over the Optimus Prime voice where every sentence has a pause. Every single dialogue that he does has like pauses in between words from the beginning of the series to now. And yeah. I, it's just stuck in my head. If you rewatch it, you'll you'll notice it. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. What are your thoughts on those? I really thoroughly enjoyed He-Man. It made me appreciate something that I was never a fan of. Same as you. Right. Um, you know, I guess it was my time, but I had, I would say maybe I had a He-Man toy or two. I definitely had Roboto. Awesome. And uh, we won't talk more about, like you said, story-wise, but ultimately, you know, I was never sold on the fact that they, all the toys were like almost the same body mold, you know, like a lot of the wrestlers were the same way. Those are just toys that I never had an interest in. Um, As far as the show, never really watched it. I, it's one of those shows that it stood the test of time because I know the names. I know Tila. I know Man in Arms. I know Orko. I know He-Man. I know She-Ra. I know, you know, it can go on and on. But, um, you know, for me, it was a it was a great way to introduce and sell somebody on something that, you know, may not have been taken as serious by people that didn't get attracted to it initially. You know, like I, I know I like cheesy cartoons from the 80s, you know, but that one just I don't know. I don't know if it just maybe didn't have enough exposure to it, but uh, it really it surprised me in a good way. I'm excited to see where they go with the story uh, moving forward. Um, I can understand to some degree some of the opinions of the angered fans, but at the end of the day, you can't please everyone. You know, somebody went with their vision and that that's it. You know, we got to take it for what it is. Um, it does look great. Voice acting is, is really good. It's definitely more mature than we've ever seen He-Man, in my opinion. Um, and I think it fits. It fits that lore. You know, it, it makes me interested. Like I see the toys in the store for this show. I'm like, these are awesome. You know, it's like, I don't want a He-Man toy, but pretty badass. So, yeah. you know, good job. They did good a good job, job re- re- reinventing it. Agreed. Totally. And with Transformers, you know me, I'm a late bloomer to the, to the love and appreciation of Transformers like you. Um, not, have not been a real big fan of the show uh, even Siege or Earth, uh, Earthrise, it's okay. You know, it gets me more excited for the toys than anything. But as you watch it, you know, I think I've fallen into the same trap as you. It's you kind of have an expectation what it should look like, what it should feel like, especially when you're exploring stuff that you know the fans are there for. You know, yeah. you're, bringing, you're bringing characters that we like and appreciate. And you're kind of mixing, you know, now that we've introduced Beast Wars and all that other stuff, you know, there was a lot of hype. And for me, I was like, you know, this will be cool. Like, I want to hear Rat Trap. I remember, I, I think I did Rat Trap on, the, on an earlier episode once, you know, and I'm like, that's not Rat Trap. That's not my Rat Trap, you know, and then yeah. everybody else. I mean, that's, and I'm like, you know, I, yeah, it's cheesy. That's a it's a problem. Uh, I mean, you associate with these original voices, but I think they could have still done a better job with it, even if they're not actors directly 
mimicking and i think the rat trap they try to mimic the beast wars rat trap a little bit whereas the megatron is not at all right uh i will just say the last great transformers and i've discussed this with you uh cartoon is the transformers the animated series i guess you would call it just transformers animated which came out shortly after the first live action movie it was cartoon network show Peter Cullen did not voice Optimus Prime in that. So we didn't have, you know, our, our original Optimus. And I thought it was re- done very, very well. I still will go back to it. It is uh, more more kiddy than this Netflix show is and more kiddy than even, I would say, uh, Prime, which came out afterwards, was a CGI show. Right. But it knew where to pull its older fans references, where to still have a story for the younger audience, make references to the original cartoon and still do everything right and tie everything together. It's so, it still holds up. It's on Tubi. I think that's the only place you can watch it currently. It has three seasons. It has references to G1, the the original 86 movie. It has references to Beast Wars in it. It, and it does such a great job of introducing characters and homages to, to the original shows and without stepping on them totally and still telling a new story with new characters. There's some new Transformers and new characters in there. And I just think, you know, they have a Headmaster show up. They have uh, Constructicons. They have Wreckguard. They have Rodimus Prime who shows up for a second. RC shows up for a second. You know, they have uh, Waspinator. It, it it has a lot of things there for for the fans and i just feel like this show is made for the toys which the original one was also but they didn't put the effort in like he-man did I these see. are short seasons they're six episodes he-man's the same thing either what five or six five i think it was five. i'd rather have five quality episodes that he-man did than six transformers That's... kingdom episodes yeah agreed well said and the last thing i just want to i finished the second season of mythic quest i know you don't watch it uh i thought it was good very good uh, um anticipating the third season I, I enjoy the show i think the video game aspect of the show kind of took a back seat a bit in the second season the more uh character development but it's it's definitely worth a watch if you have apple plus and and you like the first season i think it's uh comedy wise a stronger second season but it does move away a little bit more from the video games to be more of a comedy sitcom kind of feel. Got it. But that's it. So yeah. we're ready. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoiler discussion now. Going forward, we're going to start with Rick and Morty, season uh, five, episode six and seven, and then we're going to move into the Suicide Squad. So spoilers from here on out. We got two episodes of Rick and Morty, two episodes that I thought were pretty good. I don't know your thoughts. Yeah, let me give you the, the let me give you the title names and we'll go through them. Episode six is Rick and Morty's Thanksploitation Spectacular. And then this past week's is Gotron, Jerry Sis, Rick Vangeline. <laughs> I don't think I'll be able to do either of those again. Nope. So the first episode is a Thanksgiving episode in when it aired was July. Still, we had a Thanksgiving episode. And I can tell you this now, I have an I have something to watch every Thanksgiving because that episode will be rewatched right for every Thanksgiving holiday for me. 
It was great. And we're back between the president and Rick's rivalry. And <laughs> Rick is trying to get pardoned. A Thanksgiving pardon. So he turns himself into a turkey, him and Morty. And the president is on to him. So he turns soldiers into turkeys and then himself into a turkey. And we have an all out turkey cockfight. It's so good. It's so, <laughs> it was so good. So, so overly, overly thought about, like overly yes. planned. And the fact that he's done it before, you know, it's like, oh, you're going to do this again. <laughs> Beth is like not surprised that he's going to try to go through it again. I like the, I, I only watched it maybe two times. So the one thing I feel like I maybe just, maybe just went over my head this, this time, but there's usually like a secondary plot. And I don't feel like there was one in this episode. It like really mm. threw me off because I mean, yeah, I don't think had, there was. You had the Statue of Liberty, and then it's never spoken about again. That was so good. Then it's like they gave up New York. Like, all right, <laughs> gave up New York. Yeah, they opened the show with this, uh, was it uh, National Treasure kind of thing where they're stealing this, and and Morty just destroys, destroys the, the the document and through the wall, and then part part of the Statue of Liberty to reveal this robot, right? That, it's a it's that a the French attack. set us up with yep the Trojan horse. <laughs> it was uh, that 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 episode was fun. I thought that was a real fun episode. Uh, the next one was uh, was a Voltron and Goodfellas kind of uh, spoof crossover and Scarface. Mm. Well, yeah, Scarface. It was like a, a mob, mobster, yeah. a mob Voltron crossover. I thought it, I thought it was well done. Is it the best that they've done? No, but no, I, it was—it's—it's yeah. it's stupid fun, it, and that's yeah. what we were into, you know. I, it's not as dumb as the uh, the creatures, the sperm monsters. I feel like, but we do tie back to that episode where the incest baby is now back. They, they did a callback to it to fight the mega old Voltron Goltron with the anime characters, and it's a fun. It was a fun episode. I think the turkey one is is way more out, outrageous. And just yeah. seeing how far they'll go with it. You know, the president becomes a turkey then. And then a turkey becomes a president. It's like, how far will they continue to go with yeah, it? it was, yeah, yes, I'm the president. Would you like more money for Congress? This is the guy's the president right here. He's, he's giving us everything we want. I'm going to sell New York and give the Congre- money to Congress. <laughs> yeah. My favorite, <laughs> even though I don't remember the lyrics, is like when they're when they're turning the soldiers into the turkeys and there's yeah. like a whole song yes you, say, you, got, <laughs> you got the man the soldier with the pregnant woman leaving her behind turn into, turn a, into turkey. a turkey <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, that was awesome now, the, this other thing i don't know if you've you've seen this at all before but there was apparently a theory and i didn't i didn't read up on it until after episode seven so there was a theory that this season we were actually following evil Morty and that was, this was his origin story. Had you seen that? No, that's interesting though. Well, it kind of got ruined in episode seven because they point out Rick is C one, three, seven, which is our Rick that we followed since the beginning. Doesn't matter. Cause it could, it could have always, this could have been his original Morty. That's what, which is something I've always thought. I've always thought that Rick C-137's Morty was, is evil Morty because he says that he's had other Mortys before. So like the Morty that we yeah, I don't think I don't think so, because 
because it's an evil Rick also in that universe. Remember when they first come through the portal originally? It's an evil Rick and an evil Morty. Yeah, but he was manipulating that one. I don't think he was. <laughs> well, people already given up on the theory. So now that you've heard it, you can cl- cling on to it. But I don't think that's the case either now. Uh, it was an interesting theory. And then there was people with the theory that he he hadn't used his portal gun all season. And there was something with that. But then this episode, he also used the portal gun. So I, I think that was just people trying to stretch and see if there's some sort of connection to this whole season. I'm sure you know? there is eventually. And if you if there is, we won't see it until the last episode. Right. Which is what they always do. Yeah. That's fine. So all in all, I thought that they were good episodes where, you know, we're, we're trugging along. We're more than halfway through the season. It's been a good season. I think it has been better than last season. I think these episodes are more rewatchable. Like, like I said, the Thanksgiving episode is something I'll probably watch each year around Thanksgiving, just because you don't, you don't have Thanksgiving episodes for shows. Really? I like to watch like Christmas episodes around Christmas time. So Halloween stuff around Halloween, obviously. So it's a funny thing to just throw on and it's totally Thanksgiving. As is tradition. As is tradition. (laughs) The butterscotch pudding. Oh, I believe it's quaff sisters. I believe she just quaffed. (laughs) Uh, let's talk about James Gunn, the Suicide Squad. It's like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We got the Suicide Squad. I enjoyed it very much so. I probably need to watch it a couple more times, but I will say I think it might be my favorite DC expanded universe film. Um, it would probably have to rival Man of Steel. I don't know if you would consider Joker in that universe or not, because I do enjoy the Joker. Uh, but that's a very grim. Th- this is a, a fun movie. It's outrageous, outlandish. It, it, there's so many what the fuck moments. There's moments where even the character in the movie, like Harley says, what the fuck? Like, there's so many fucking things. And it's awesome that James Gunn was basically given the keys and been like, all right, do whatever you want. Just do whatever you want. You can make it rated R, make it as uh, as outrageous as you want. And he just he just does great. And I said this to you with team movies. Look at Guardians. Look at this. Everybody gets their moment. You feel for the characters, even though it's goofy and outrageous. You feel for them still. I think he he might be one of the best there. I mean, the Russos don't want to do Avengers or anything. He might they might need to call and gun to do the next big team up movie. That'd be awesome. I could see it happening. I loved it. I loved it for what it was. I went in with very low expectations because, you know, it's not really characters that I follow as a whole. Um, a lot of new characters that we were, a lot of us were introduced to. But, um, you know, seeing new takes on characters that I am familiar with, like King Shark, um, I kind of gravitate more towards the Harley Quinn animated series, uh, King Shark. Yeah. He's awesome. But Sylvester Stallone was awesome. Yeah, uh, you know the oh, character- he was a favorite of mine from the from the movie. Yeah, he was a lot of fun, and you know, just uh, some of the things he says. You know, as simple as they are, really funny, really clever. Um, I like the chemistry between Blood uh, Bloodsport and uh, Peacemaker. You know, pretty much the whole battle of uh, whose cock is bigger, essentially. Yep. You know, why um, are you in your underwear? Oh my god, that was really unnecessary. 
I mean, <laughs> clearly we see him wrestle, but like he literally just had his dick and balls just out out in the open, zero fucks given. But uh, yeah, like my favorite scene with the two of them is literally when they're going shot for shot, and he's like, you know, he's like non lethal. It doesn't count. And then he tells him it's like a explosive round. Yeah, and he's like, nobody likes a show off. Only if they say it's fucking awesome. He's like, fuck, he's right. <laughs> you know, I, I'm happy that what I was thinking they were gonna do with the characters, because remember we said, oh, there's so many characters. We know most of them are gonna die. You know, yeah. I like I like that they did that really early. You know, so right. you got you got like literally a chunk of the characters gone in the first. <laughs> we knew they were all gonna die. Yeah, uh, like, I I really loved what he did with Polka Dot Man, and yeah, for a character awesome. that nobody gives a shit about, and like it really made you feel for the character. The joke with his mother and all the characters turning into his mother was fantastic. Starro turning into his mother, I I just thought that was really cool. Did you notice Calendar Man was in one scene very very quickly? Was he uh, in the prison? Yeah, he called him a pussy. Yeah. He called Polka Dot Man a prison. And that's James Gunn's brother, Sean. And he played the role of Calendar Man really quickly. I thought that was cool, a little reference. And I'm sure there's more than just that hidden hidden throughout. And, and, and he said that a guardian is hidden somewhere. And I don't, no one has noticed it yet. So, yeah. I mean, I saw a couple of cameos. I don't know if you saw um, Ratcatcher's uh, two's father. Yeah, it's uh, Taika. Yeah. And uh, for me, Troma, Lloyd Kaufman, when they go into the strip club, that John Cena, that's the first person he bumps into, the creator of Troma Films. Oh, that's great. I didn't notice that. Yeah, he was in Guardians, too. He was in one of the prison scenes. He's like, he's like <laughs> a raving. Because for that's those cool who that, don't know. That gun gives the ref- yeah, he gave him his first job, right? Yep. So I, I, I'm happy to see that they still have that relationship. And, you know, he had no speaking dialogue. He literally, like, just bumps him. And he just gives right. him like the like the look, and then that's it. I, I had to do a double take. I was concerned that it would feel too much like Guardians, and that quickly went away. And it does not feel like Guardians. There is a you know a soundtrack to it of yeah. old songs, but it still yeah. doesn't feel like Guardians. The score is stronger, I feel like, than Guardians is. Uh and this may sound weird, but I was I was having this conversation with Julie after we watched it. Like Justice League is out into outer space you know you have dark side and 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 uh doomsday and batman versus superman and krypton and everything in in man of steel but this still feels more cosmic and comic booky to me that they had starro they had a giant starfish destroying a city and then his offspring taking over people like it just felt so comic booky yeah. and, and so they looked they looked just like they do in the comics too yeah and, like and when so they, when they grab on and everything right and so goofy and just it felt so much more comic booky to me than the other movies like it the other movies almost feel like they're trying to do grounded in reality they're aliens. doing hybrids they're doing hybrids because right. i feel like Where this no, felt nolan was the grounded version everybody else is trying to mix and match and it just hasn't really landed well right and i mean this right this essentially still is grounded until you get a 50 foot starfish basically well you don't even bro you don't even need the starfish all you need is freaking the detachable kid 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, like, and King Shark, right? I mean, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so outrageous. Thinker. It's yeah. just, there's so many it's, things. It was, it, it, it's a really great film. And like I said, I, I watched it a few more times, but right now, after one viewing, I think it might be my favorite of the DC expanded universe stuff that, you know, basically from Man of Steel on, right? That's what right. I consider expanded universe. The one thing I would say I'm a little disappointed with, but obviously I can understand it is the fact that they pretty much almost killed everyone. You know? Yeah. Like everyone. I, like I, I was surprised. I was surprised they brought back Jai Courtney as Bo- Captain Boomerang and he's to, dead to, in to the keep, first five to, minutes of the movie. Well, I think they it's weird because it's like they keep saying that it's not a sequel, but you have people like Harley and Flag that are friends. Yeah. They became friends in the last movie. It, it absolutely is. That's what I said to Julie also. I said they they really have been skating a line that it doesn't follow the original, but it doesn't shit on anything from the original. And like you said, Flag and Harley are friends. Waller's the same. Uh, Harley and Boomerang are friends. You know, like she doesn't have a relationship with anyone else. Right. The, the I know what I know what I'm supposed to do with this javelin. Yeah. You know, she, you think she's going to like pet him and she slaps the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> um, when she talks about oh no not when she talk, when she when you look at her face you notice that the rotten tattoo is gone now so yeah. she had the rotten on her face so you know obviously there's been the character has evolved too she i feel she's much more likable in this movie than she was in the other suicide squad like she was yeah. o- i felt she was overly annoying before and yes harley quinn can be that this portrayal of her i feel like he nailed it he got yeah. her where she's and- She's strong in combat. She's confident, but she's still Harley, you know, saying stupid shit, shooting, shooting the guy after he says that he's going to kill kids, you know, and like her explanation. I'm like, there's Harley. That's that's what we know and love from that character. And and we don't get an overdose of her. We don't get too much of her force down our throats. We get just enough. I feel like where some people only go, I could have went for more Harley. Well, that's good. That's a good thing. You, you, you'll get more eventually. I'm sure she's going to continue to play the role. Right. And DC would be dumb to not give Gunn another movie, at least another movie. But they gave en- just enough of each of the characters. You know, I feel like Ratcatcher 2, I thought it was really well. Like you said, they, they give her, her backstory with her father. You know, King Shark, Peacemaker, Bloodsport, Harley, Flag. You know, like you get all... This is a lot of people that nobody really knows besides harley and you're getting a good enough back on polka dot man like i said before right that's a lot of characters to, to to throw in and we still got more than that you know we got starro we got tinkerer we had all the characters in the beginning of the movie that <laughs> meet their untimely demise weasel who doesn't know how to swim who doesn't die <laughs> i knew he wasn't gonna die i knew that was gonna be the case but i i really enjoyed it i think you should absolutely watch especially that's on hbo max just buy the month of HBO Max. This is not an advertisement for them, but buy the month and watch the movie at home if you don't want to go to the theater. And you have till September 5th to do so. That's an advertisement. Um, You're not so paid by HBO. <laughs> send, send me money. Send me money. That's it. I think uh, we've reached the end of this show. Do you want to tease what our next episode will be? I know it's one that you've been pushing for, and I'm finally going to let you do it. Oh shit! They set know. me up. Hey, 
some of my favorite movies of all time fall in the early 90s. And I've been wanting to do a 90s horror category for quite some time. And Legend Pop has been hesitant. And uh, I guess he uh, kind of ran out of ideas. It's like I guess we're gonna I guess we're gonna have to do what you have uh, on the list. I'm like, oh, all right, the list is done. So stay tuned. Next episode, simply the best '90s horror. Till next time. Take care, though. Bye, bye. Then you don't get to say anything else. Shut up. That's not nice. Shut up. All I wanted to say was I cherish peace with all my heart. I don't care how many men, women, and children I need to kill to get it. Shut up. Thank you.